Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be with you today. Today is a special day for me getting to be with Chris, but also it's a special conversation that I'm really excited to share with y'all. Before we dive into today's conversation, I get to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Christian Appalachian Project. Y'all know how much I love CAP. Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with mental health challenges, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And get this, did you know there is one quarter of the number of mental health providers in the Appalachian region compared to the national average? One fourth, y'all. That is such a problem for the community that CAP serves, our friends who are ready to seek help but can't find it. And that is where CAP comes in to help fill those gaps. They serve families and help children who are dealing with the impact of a variety of trauma. Last year, CAP provided essential mental health services to more than 900 individuals in eastern Kentucky. Do you all get that math? That is three a day three a day that they helped in Eastern Kentucky. It's just incredible. Counselors with CAP often help individuals with chronic, multi-layered problems. And recently, CAP's Family Life Counseling Services expanded into additional Appalachian counties. These caring counselors are committed to the value of the individual, the importance of families, and the wisdom of spiritual beliefs and principles. The work they are doing changes lives, strengthens communities, and creates a ripple effect for generations to come. Let's help bridge that gap and provide mental health care for our neighbors in Appalachia by giving to CAP today. So just visit christianapp.org slash mental health TSF to give today. That's christianapp.org slash mental health TSF. And remember, we always have our links and all of our codes. All that important stuff is in the show notes below. So if you didn't catch that and you want to be a part of what CAP is doing, you can just look in the show notes and there's a place for you to click. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Christine Kane. You know and love Chris. She was on episode 82 and then recently also on episode 297. She is a speaker and activist, author, and founder of the A21 campaign and Propel Women. And today she's back talking about her brand new book, 
book, Don't Look Back, Getting Unstuck and Moving Forward with Passion and Purpose. It just released on Tuesday. It blew my mind, y'all. This book blew my mind. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. This is also a special one for me because I get to share some news in person with Chris that is something that likely would not have happened if it weren't for her. I'm really excited to share that with you today, too. But the kindness of the Lord to give me a chance to tell her this news in person was just really special to me. So here is my conversation with Christine Kane. Christine Kane, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Okay, I am pumped. We have not stopped talking, really. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. From the minute you walked in the door, <laughs> totally. we have not slowed down. Okay, I've got to tell you this story that I have not told anyone yet, that you are so important to me and that I could almost cry starting it. Do you remember... I, I think maybe in 2012 is when we met, 11 or 12, mm-hmm. a, in Florida at a hotel yep. with Joyce Meyer. Yes, I do. Do you remember the dinner that night at a table, and it was me and Jenny Allen and a bunch of women pastors? Yes, I do. Okay, will you retell what you remember about that to some degree? Okay, our conversation or yes, just the yes, dinner? Yes, the conversation. Oh, gosh, now you, I remember sitting at the table with you all. I remember a lot of the things we were talking about yeah. generally because— the group that was around that table was a very selected group. Do you remember? Yeah. That? Yes, you know, yes. Or that was hand-picked. Do, but were you dreaming? Yes. you. Because yes. what you said is, Annie and Jenny, do you know any female pastors? Come on. And, I, and we neither of us really knew. I mean, 12 years ago, neither of us really knew any. And you said, everyone else at this table is a female pastor. And it was moving to me. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to tell you is I got ordained yesterday. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. You just told me on this. Okay. Like, I want to leave this and come and cry. Look. (laughs) You're... 12 years later, I wish you could see what I'm holding in my hands. You probably all can. Okay. And um, this happened in church? Yeah. So it was a two-year... I took a class for a year, a pastoral training class. And then you write a paper defending all the beliefs of the church. And then you have an ordination council, and it's a a two-and-a-half-hour defense of your paper. And then the elders vote. And so it took two years, and I finished yesterday. And then you're in here today. I want to cry because uh, if I—you know, when I first came, you met—we met— 2011, the meeting you're talking about was in 2012 with Joyce. Yeah, Yeah, but it was. It was in 2012. And I remember your and Jenny's face because even um, I had met Jenny first and her um, shock that there was – it even existed, female pastors, or even that I would communicate in the way that I would back then, you know. Um, And I had never at that point encountered – women that hadn't known that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was yeah. like, you're talking to people that love Jesus but had just no idea. Yeah. And then the fact that you showed up to be in that, that already told me everything about you. And I'm going to say, because as I walked into this um, room and I walked into your whole studio, I'm overwhelmed and I kept wanting to say to you, man, Annie, you're on your way. The largest media ministry um, in, in America would be Joyce Meyer. And I wanted mm-hmm. to say, Annie, I think – you've got the same mantle. She's 80 now. Yeah. And I've been looking at all of this going, this, this is it. Like, like you're on that route. And then you hand me this. And I'm like, trying not to freak out because you girls were so wide eyed with all these dreams in your heart and yes. all these passions in your heart, but not knowing you could even think to be this. Like if I told you I in 2012, no yes. Annie, in 12 years, you're going to be a pastor. Well, you wouldn't have had a frame of reference to put that uh, I wouldn't, a bucket. My theology wouldn't have understood it. My history wouldn't have understood it. And it has been a 10-year journey to get to where I went. I 
Chris was right. I want to pursue this for me in a house where my pastor said, you have the gifting, you have the character, though needs work all the time, right? You have the gifting and the character and the leadership that I want you to pursue ordination through Crosspoint. And the fact is, you have been a minister ever since I've ever met you. Like this, It's like this is just a formal recognition of how you've already been operating. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit did this. I mean, you didn't ordain yourself. So it was recognized by your leadership and the fact that you were so... I want to cry because um, you've been so courageous. You planted yourself, submitted yourself, um, served... And as the Lord's built your life and built your ministry, which is astronomical, you still stay connected into a local church, serve a local church. Yeah. I listen to your sermons you pre- and to watch your preaching grow over yeah. all these years. I right. mean, you use the Bible now, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I was very grateful for that. <laughs> and um, the Holy Spirit revelation is like that yeah. last sermon you preached. So, anyway, I, I say, because I feel like a mother in the faith, and I'm you watching are, you all, and I'm like, you all, Lord... In their 40s, as women come into their own and just watching you be a mother for, I feel like we're like grandmothers. And I'm like, the church is in good hands. And then you hand me this. Can you believe it? Well, no. I haven't even had it for 24 hours. I pray that this is the start of a whole generation of you girls where what what you had to wrestle through won't be, that won't be a wrestle for women because of your faithfulness. And here you are with this megaphone that the Lord's given you. To multiplied, multiplied millions of people throughout the world. And then yet it's undergirded by your faith in wanting to serve King Jesus yeah. above everything else. Yeah. I want to hug you and kiss you and say, <laughs> congratulations, girl. Y'all, this is historic because I wish you were all in that room in Florida. I know. I couldn't believe it. When they scheduled it for yesterday and then you were coming in today, I said to the Lord, like, and I'll tell you the other thing I did today that, that I think you'll enjoy is I accidentally, I, I'd, I'd rabbit trailed with the Holy Spirit this morning because after I preached yesterday and then did ordination. And so they, my team gave me the morning off. And so I've sat for longer with the Lord and I did a rabbit trail, a song of Rita Springer's. And I went, man, there's an album on Spotify I haven't listened to since college. And, and I started listening to the songs I sang in college. And I said to the Lord, you believed me when I sang that. I knew what I was singing, but I didn't know I was singing over 20 years oh plus. Yes. But I said to the Lord, you believed me when I said that my life was yours. And I mean, hold on, I'll read you the lyrics. It's probably a song you know, because we all sang it in 2001. But it says, I want my life to be a pure reflection of yeah. your love. So I come into your chambers and I dance at your feet, Lord. You are my Savior and I'm at your mercy. All that has been in my life up to now belongs to you. And I thought, I sang that when I was 20. And, and the Lord believed you. me. The Lord believed you and led you. And But I've got to say, yes, the Lord believed you and you stayed faithful. Yeah. Because nobody yeah. knows the 23 years yeah. when you were singing that to this. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, this doesn't come without a cost. Right. Do you know, I thought that yesterday. Will you, will you talk about that for people listening? When, when you agree to leadership, mm-hmm. it's a sobering thing. Oh, no, hugely. Yeah. Number one, first and foremost, knowing that we are held to a high standard and yeah. will give a greater account. If that doesn't put the holy reverential fear of God right. in you, I, I can't help you. Right. Like, I mean, that alone. And you just know if the Lord puts, gives you that sort of position, it means that he puts weight on your words that you couldn't put, um, that oh. carry further. And not just I'm not just talking numerically, but they truly carry weight in people's lives. So the responsibility of your words and your actions mm-hmm. um, in people's lives is great. It's mm-hmm. it is hugely great. 
And this, it's it's a setting apart. At the end of the day, we are like Levites. I mean, once you're talking yeah. about you're ordained, you're consecrated. So there is a part of you that the, the cost, it's a part, forever and a day, there is a part that no one will ever see. No one can mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. things that others may, but you never will be able to. It doesn't mean that it's, it's right, wrong or indifferent, oh. but for you... You and people won't understand it, and yeah. you just won't be able to. And I, the um, Lord has said to me so many times, "Your rules aren't their rules." That's the bottom line. So you don't get to get worked up that they get to do this and this and this. Y'all just don't have the same rules. And you're gonna have to die to that a hundred more times. Like yeah. I'm, I'm 14 years down the journey, and I can't, and I can't even say it gets easier because you you don't know what God's got ahead that it's going to be that yeah. issue for. So yeah. every time it's a consecration afresh every yeah. time. And yeah. so that really, that is, there is a narrow path that you just have to walk and you, but it's the best part. I'm, I'm stopping because I don't believe there's a higher honor. I know. On, on the earth than this. And the fact that this is sitting on my lap, and for those of you that are just listening, you're not watching, I'm like holding it for this entire. Um, I know, so you can because, put it down anytime you no, want. No, <laughs> you know I me, mean? I'm Pentecostal, so this is so holy. Like, you got how I haven't laid my hands on it and start speaking yeah. in tongues yet, I don't know. But yeah. it's like, it's welling up on yeah. the inside of me yeah. because I wasn't expecting this. That's all. Like, she I blindsided know. me, everyone. I, I wasn't expecting it, but I'm grateful for it because I remember your hunger and Jenny's hunger sitting around that table, and the rest of that table was more from the charismatic world yeah and um and yet you guys I'm in I'm coming you listened gleaned uh, great wisdom from someone that's been walking longer yes. than us and then here you are can you believe it and no, you know what else I said yesterday to the so I got to invite my family came to town I invited some really important friends our co-workers here and I said to them there are two times I'm going to invite you to something that matters this much to me, and it's this in my wedding. There are two times that I'm making totally. a commitment this size with my wife. And this is as holy. Like, I mean, and I said, I'm so glad this one went first. Yes. I'm, because Jesus has been my partner for the first 42 years. When I get married, where I get married, that will be the second time I make a commitment this size. And I'm so glad I got to make this one with Jesus first. That's huge. And right now, every Protestant is saying they're grateful that Annie's not a Catholic because then she wouldn't be able to do the second one. So now- <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd be the female father Mike. Yeah. That's right. So we've got you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all right. She can do both. I just That's want right. you all to know um, for those. And um, But it is holy. I, I feel the same way about mine. It is yeah. so holy. And you, you put this somewhere, and it's not so other people can see it. It's so you can remember. Yeah. That's yeah. the deal is that you – it just – keeps everything in check that God, I'm up like shaking a bit here. Like I got to tell you because it's, um, sorry, everyone. I'm well, a bit you started weird. It. It's, I feel the, it. yeah. I feel an anointing because when the Lord called me, I felt like I was still, I had just moved to America then. It was only here for a year and I'll, but I was very new to your world, like yeah. that part of the church world. Yeah. Um, I had been in America, but involved with lots of other different streams and truly, Jenny's as radical as they come. Yeah. So, you know, she starts introducing me to a bunch of you guys and then Lisa Harper, you know, yeah. that's that kind of that world. But it was a new world for me because I was from a totally different stream of the church. And I have learned so much from all of you in massive ways. You've all been so good for me. But when I hold this, I think, Lord, if this is what you brought me into this part of the church for, right. I feel like I, I, I did my job. Like, you yeah, know, what? I, I, don't I don't know what to say to you. I don't think I would have done it. 
without that dinner yeah. and without your leadership in my life the last decade. It was I don't so think I pivotal. And you girls were asking questions. I mean, you think you'd ask questions on your podcast, my Lord. You you were born. You must have come out of the womb asking questions, I think, <laughs> right. because you were Jenny. I'm like, and, and for someone that had never been asked those kind of questions, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking, what is wrong with you women? Yeah. But but, yeah. but then I've understood. And, you know, then yes, I went to yeah. seminary. I went, oh, oh, that is what they were taught. And so yeah. when I realized... You all grew up steeped in a tradition where this was not possible. Yes. So I get why there were so many questions. And but yeah. you've done the hard work. I mean, this yeah. isn't just. And I'm, I'm thinking as we're talking, there'll be some people listening to this going, "Wow, Annie, okay, that's a, that's a big thing." But um, it is a worthwhile study to do to yeah. discover what Scripture says about God and about women and about leadership and leadership in His church. Yes. And um, no one can make anyone think anything. But I think if you do the study in the Scripture, mm -hmm. you come and go, "Oh, I see." Why and and how? two years of doing the work in my church. That's huge. Going, I mean, I went to a class every other Tuesday. I mean, you did? it was, yeah, we had a class every other Tuesday. We read 10 different theology books. Oh, you would have had to. And yeah, yeah and then to write that paper, I mean, it, it is a. It is a real process that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they don't hand this out around here. Oh, no, Even no, no. to someone who's been on the teaching team for five years at my church, I still went through the process that every other person who wants to get ordained at Crosspoint goes through. But I mean, you're as plugged in at Mariners, right? Well, literally, yeah, I'm plugged in at Mariners. And, you know, I had gone through this process back in Australia, like yeah. in the 1990s. Yeah. But it is a robust process because yeah. the fact is once you commit and we're signing this, we're we're saying the certain things we believe and certain yes. things we will do and won't do and a certain way we choose to live. And But you have to theologically go through a process. If I'm thinking you've done yes. two years of <laughs> intense books where, you, okay, you got to go deep with God because yeah. you've got to, you can't fudge this, not if you're serious about it, because yes. it confronts, for me personally too, it confronts, okay, wow. What do I really believe about Jesus? What do I really yes. believe about the Bible? Yes. What do I really believe about salvation? What do I really... I mean, all, all the major doctrines. You, right. You have to dig deep. Right. You have to dig deep. And yes. so to me, I'm holding this and I'm thinking not just this, I'm thinking what this represents and what you've gone through. And you, can I just tell you, I just want to affirm you because you've navigated this beautifully. You've just done this. You haven't been put it out there and, you know, hi, everyone, guess what? You know, right. here I am. And yet God has continued to increase both your reach, your visibility, your influence for his glory. And you steward it so magnificently, so holy. I'll use that word not lightly. So holy, so righteously, so for the glory of God. And it's not mutually exclusive with a whole lot of fun, a yeah. whole lot of cultural relevance, a whole lot of um, wrestling, yeah. really difficult things and not pretending to be an expert on everything. I think no wonder God can trust you. Oh, no wonder God can trust you. very kind. I'm honoured to know you. I'm, I mean, I've yeah. always been. This is like next level. I knew you <laughs> This it. is like Honestly, freaking next level. <laughs> I wasn't even sure I was going to talk about it publicly ever. Oh, and okay. then when you were coming in, I was like, no, I want Chris and I to tell oh. this story on the podcast. And I want to tell people because it's also going to affect my internet. Mm -hmm. It's going to affect what I talk about, what I don't talk about, because now I have a real authority yeah. and I have a local congregation that I am responsible to all of them. Well, that's it. And it's, they it, aren't all going to agree politically. No. And they are not. So I have to have wisdom and courage around where my beliefs match yeah. and don't match with all the people that are looking to me as a pastor. And it is it, it is a different challenge. And I think unless people understand that, then it's easy to sort of judge, well, why aren't you saying something about this or that? But, you know, for me, it's the same thing. It's this. Yes. And when you lead a global organization yes. with offices in 15 nations, right. the reason is I can't just weigh in on a 
current hot topic in North America because I'm thinking, how is this going to affect what's happening politically in my office in Thailand or in Cambodia or in South Africa or in Mexico City or, I mean, you know, Because if you still lived in Australia, you wouldn't weigh in on all the US No, I mean, I'm thinking it's not a matter of just where I live or reside, but it's got to do with the reach that I have. So, you know, there are some things that I believe are universal things. So that's, so I'm very measured and and people would see that. So if I think it's a a universal humanitarian issue or whatever it might be, of course. Yes. Um, But again, like you, I serve a local congregation. I serve within a local congregation. So people in those congregations, if it's a truly a godly one, have got lots of different opinions about lots yes. of different things, yes. um, politically, socially, you know, morally. So so biblically, we stay together. And, and, and again, you had to have really felt a prompting of the Lord mm. to do this. Mm. And I, to me, this is, you must feel a real sense of obedience because quite honestly, it would have been easier for you not to. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, the bottom it's, line. Yeah, It'd be a lot true. for what you do and what you're called mm-hmm. to do. To me, this is this says so much about you and your relationship yeah. with Jesus. It really does because um, you've obviously surrendered everything to him because yeah. in, in the media world that you're in and the microphone God's given you, it's like you've given the microphone back to God in many ways mm. because there's checks and balances that are innate in this, yes. that in the field that you are in, you could naturally speaking seem to go further if you don't have these yeah. restrictions. Yeah, because there are so many Christians who have public opportunities that don't have a covering yes. of a local. So I, I, you say this all the time. I'd like to say it to remind mm. people too, like, if you want to be global, you have to be local first. That's it. And to me, that's where the strength of it comes in. Yeah. And I've always had a, when I say global, that, that word yeah. that they use, you know, um, but it's my local planting is what gives me a global confidence in yes. many ways. And yeah. so, and it's not a pretend covering. It's like right. true checks and balances. Yes. So, And don't look back. Your new book, you write a lot about when the Russia-Ukraine war began. And that is such a good example for people of why you can't do things publicly because you were literally getting people over the border. Totally. And so you're like, I don't have time to tweet, everyone. (laughs) I'm trying to get humans over an international border to save their lives. Yes, and I've got my own staff where the... You know, we were trying to get the husbands and the wives and the children across the border, and then they get to the border, and then the day before, you know, the decree comes down from the government that the men can't leave. So I'm having to watch on FaceTime my staff, the wives hug their husbands, the children kiss their fathers on the border, and, well, here we are today, and they still haven't seen them. You know what I mean? Now we're talking 15 months later because it's just – the war's still happening as yeah. we're recording at this yeah. moment. I'm trying to navigate that we've got we're rescuing survivors and restoring victims from both Russia and Ukraine. Right. So while you know, I've, I'm, I'm thinking, what exactly do you want me to weigh in on here? Like, <laughs> like at this moment, <laughs> right. um, you're worried because you're not talking because you're on opposite political sides. I've got real humans mm-hmm. that I've got. Ukrainian aftercare workers looking after Russian survivors and somehow I'm trying to make all this work. Yeah. I felt a version of that with the Covenant shooting because people were chirping at me to have opinions about all things. And I was like, you understand I'm still holding a five-year-old's hand who was in the building. Yeah. So so at times I think giving grace to each other on the internet of going, I actually don't know how involved you are when I, even today I send an email about something going on in culture. Doesn't mean I need to talk about it on social media. I'm doing the thing that 
that we want everyone was, to do. Totally. And I'm doing that uh, left, right and centre. And yeah. I, sometimes I think, and we have to, because we will be accountable for this one day, a lot of people are sprouting things and doing nothing. Now, because yeah. I run a global anti-trafficking organisation, I know the difference between talking the talk and walking the walk. Yeah, and you course. don't stay in this for 15 years and see legislation changed and traffickers yeah. prosecuted and victims rescued and restored without doing a whole lot of silent work that no one has any idea what my teams are doing around the world day and night, yeah. 156 full-time people in the trenches every Chris. day doing it, 15 countries, 19 officers. No, that's why I'm not tweeting. Yes. Okay, yeah. just so, so you know. How do you have time? What does your day look like between – I mean, you have your new book coming out. Yeah. You are preaching every weekend. I need you also to know I dreamed last night that you flew between teaching in Charleston, that you flew to India to teach about the Enneagram and then came back. <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, that is not what Chris just no, did over no. the weekend. But so you taught this weekend. Mm -hmm. So you're teaching most weekends, preaching at different churches. You're deeply involved at Mariners, yeah. propelled graduate degree from Wheaton and a21. How do you do that in a day? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I know. Because my day, you know, doesn't look like a normal day. Whatever a normal day is, I think we all have a grace. N number one, let's be very real. No one does anything alone. Like So yeah. from the outset, you know, I, I got married at 30. We had our first child at 35, our second when I was 40. So now Catherine's 21, yeah. Sophia's 17. So in there, there's mothering and wifing as yes. well. But Nick and I, we always knew it took a village. And so, and we, from day one, we knew God had called us and we were in it together. The village started with us two, like, yeah. you know, we are in this, we married around purpose. So that was very helpful. Um, yeah. So we, we were running toward Jesus a hundred miles an hour when we married and we just have kept running towards yeah. Jesus yeah. Um, as we've been increasingly becoming one flesh, whatever that means, you know, as we've yeah. been working that out over 27 years. So that meant when we had kids, we had help. Like I was still, you know, we were living in Australia then, Annie, and I was, we were on the road internationally nine months of the year. Wow. And so you don't, can't do that alone. Right. So I had help all along around that. And then everywhere I went, churches were so gracious and people are so gracious of helping, you know, giving me youth workers and youth leaders became my best friends yeah. and became my kids' best friends. We, none of this has been done alone. Today, of course, we run a, ma a major global organization, yes. have lots of staff. Nick looks after all of the operations. We have an unbelievable, when I say world-class team, everyone's got PhDs. Every, yeah, everyone is wow. like world-class in their field. Our yeah. head lawyer worked for the Department of Justice. You know, our head aftercare psychologist wrote the program for the restoration of child soldiers after the Jeez. war in Uganda. So, I mean, we're talking, we have yeah. brilliant people. Now, that executive team across the globe works with Nick. And so our whole organizational structure, systems, HR, the whole box and dice is really awesome. But Nick, I do nothing operationally. So people need to hear that. I do nothing operationally and that all runs. Now, what I do is I'm a great advocate yeah. and um, I travel around our offices and inspire the team and, you know, as much as possible where it is possible really meet with survivors. It's good for my soul yeah. and it's good for my heart to, yeah. you know, roll my sleeve up, sleeves up and see what's going on and, and be able to be there. But I carry it, but I don't carry the operational side mm -hmm. of that. Again, with Propel, we're closer to almost that place. I'm, I'm still involved. Right. So you birth it and then you yes, get the people and then build around it a to structure. Run it. But it normally uh, takes 10 years. A21's yeah. 15 years. So I'd say about the 10 year mark oh, wow. is where I begin to, you know, step out almost entirely in any way. And wow. it would be, I'm, I'm probably a little bit 
a, a couple more years away, but it's for all intents and purposes, we're really getting there um, with propellants. Huge. I mean, we've got Ecclesia cohorts yeah. and then we've got the Wheaton cohorts. And, you know, there's been over 1,100 different women writers that have written That's articles. Incredible. So elevating women's voices. Yes. Over, it's it's uh, Propel is nine years old. So just to even see that happening just brings me great joy and yeah. The cohorts are all flourishing. So I probably will do my doctorate in so what I Oh my do gosh, that's what's next. Is, yes, is that that would be where I put my time. So is you know, I looked at your calendar, we're the same. I don't even <laughs> yeah. do my own calendar though. I have a team. Yeah. So because I would just want to say yes to everyone. And it's actually yes. not possible because I already do two million things a year. So it's just like, yeah. like but yeah. I I love everyone and I want to serve and I am obsessed with and the kingdom of God. And every stream loves you. And that's yes. the fascinating. That's, so, that's unique because I'm like from, yeah, you. all yeah. streams of the church and right. all denominations across nations and continents. Yes. So, you know, I could be doing the the World Catholic Prayer um, mm. Summit and the I was in South Korea at the International Pentecostal Conference to right. the Evangelical Alliance in yeah. England. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, there's very few people at that. So what we save is that stuff where at this moment in history, the Lord's allowed me to do that. Yeah. So I do what I, pretty much what only I can do right? and ensure that I am letting go of as much as I can, as quickly as I can, because there's a whole generation of you that can all do it. So there was a season where I was doing more of certain kinds of conferences or certain kinds of churches because I knew at that season I was the only one that you could be doing it. And especially yeah, a lot of Sundays I was doing it front and center because I would be yeah. the only woman most women would ever see. Yeah. And I'd never make a big deal about it, but you know, the medium is the message. So yeah. I'm there. But then here's you. And, you know, there was a, a time I couldn't have texted any woman on a Sunday, but there's probably at least 10 women every Sunday. Yeah. I preach. Well, now I'm yeah. going to have you in that list yeah. too, um, where it's like, you know, um, preach well today. I, yeah. I mean, it just gives me smile. And I said to the Lord, when I get to two dozen, then I might be done in that area because yeah. when I can t when I can just text as a normal thing, you know, we often read the the guy pastor friends are like, mate, I'm, I'm, I text my pastor mate to do this, this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to where I can just do two dozen women. Yeah. And it's just like, I yeah. hey, have a great Sunday and it's no big deal. Have a great Sunday. It's just like yep. what we do. Yep. And we getting close to that. So that gives me yeah. so much joy. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that will put, then there'll just be certain streams within that. I will do that or a certain, um, where I'm helping to build a church or build a network. There's a, there's more of a, I'm going to use this word for whatever it might mean, but like an apostolic mantle yeah. for that. Cause yeah. at my age and stage, I'm looking at what's going to multiply, what's going to reproduce. Um, I've got less time ahead of me than behind me. Mm -hmm. So how can I continue to produce effective fruit? And I truly believe that my most effective two decades are ahead of me. Yeah. And so when you really believe that, you yeah. just I I'm I'm urgent, I'm not panicking. Yes. So then I don't have to rush. And I do believe God's given me a degree of supernatural energy. I also exercise every day. I, I do all say, the natural things. I do the yes. things. So, <laughs> you know, I, I stay healthy, do all the vitamins. I do all the things. But essentially I've got a lot of friends that do all the things too. I think there's a grace for yeah. what I've been called to do. Yeah. And um Nick and I just wake up. And so do we live an extremely disciplined life? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do do I are things very planned out to 2025, 2026? Yes. Is there, of course, God margin for I'm waiting for the, the revival that's coming? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. of course. But by and large, is it all 
in there, which means that's how I can make time for Sabbath and rest and study and yeah. all of those things. So it's not that they're not there. It's just everything is planned. And I mean, of course, you know, does that mean, well, Chris, that is dependent on, you know, your health being well? Yes. All right. things considered, yes. that's that's how it kind of works. But I I feel I've been doing this for 35 years. So, yeah. you know, I, God's given us grace. Our marriage is strong. Our kids are the delight of my life. And the ministry has never been more fruitful. Yeah. So I'm like, we've never seen more people rescued. We've never had more survivors in our care. We've wow. never won more cases that are, you know, that have traffickers in jail. We've never, I mean, in the last year, we've reached over 300 million people with prevention and aware. I mean, this oh is quantifiable gosh. data. This is not yes. like, you know, this yeah, is yeah. quantifiable where you go, okay, uh, we're starting to move in to the B word now, like where we, we've got yes. some strategies of yes. where is this going to go to where we can move the needle, yes. really move the needle on this, where I want to see uh, pipelines and pathways for this kind of, I'm, I'm pointing yeah. for those listening to the ordination certificate, um, where more and more women, that's what our Propel Ecclesia is. Yeah. It's to cohorts for, of support for women in ministry and to create pipelines and pathways because I can't be sitting in Florida with 12 of you around a table, yeah. but I can create Yes. multiple cohorts. Yes, and it's almost like you thousands. were um, testing Propel I think on it us was, when it is, <laughs> without and, even knowing And it. this is like, I'm going to take a picture of this before I go yeah. because I'm going to show the Propel Ecclesia team and go, yeah. this was one table that I did in yes. 2012 yes. and now there are multiple tables, yes. but I'm believing it's going to end in stuff yes. like this. So it kind of, and again, I think, Annie, for me, I haven't sat at home and tried to make up what is it that God wants me to do. I literally feel like I'm trying to keep up with God. Mm. So that keeps it all really fresh and interesting. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? It's like, it's not like I'm like, oh man, this is, I better hang on to this. Or I'm like, the sooner I can let it go in a good stewardship yes, way, the yes. sooner I can let it go, the better. Because well, I wonder, I, I certainly have an abundance view of God. So I kind of feel like we go from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from yeah. glory to glory. So I think it just gets better. And the yeah. closer I get to him, the more intimate I am with him, I just think there ought to be like a glint in my eye, a yeah. spring in my step, this sense of like, oh man, let's I'm running harder and faster. It doesn't mean I am who I was at, in my twenties. I'm not right. that at all. I posted a picture today of me preaching in yes, my twenties in New Zealand. Did you I see it in a tent? And I just laughed at my white pants and you know, <laughs> God bless that girl. I look I was full of potential. Um yeah. but so I I don't have that kind of strength and fitness, but I have a whole different sense of Wait, and it was like Caleb was 85 when he said to Joshua, I'm as strong now as I was then. Yes. And he said, now give me this mountain. Moses promised me Hebron. And he had done all, he came out of Egypt. He'd lived in the wilderness and was full of faith when everybody was full of negativity and they yeah. died. Yeah. And then he saw the River Jordan push back. He went in and helped to possess the promised land, helped all the tribes set up. And then he said to Joshua, I'm not cashing in my 401k yeah. because I got a promise. I helped everyone else get their thing. Yes. And I've got this promise. And then if you read at the end of Joshua, in that last chapter, there were certain giants that he took out and only he could take them out because only he had had the experience and the strength to take out those giants. And I feel there are certain giants that your generation is not going to have to take out. So as mm. long as I can make it, the strength, the muscle memory, what I've built over the years, yeah. we can fight those giants for you. So yeah. you all can run and yes. just continue to propel forward. Now, if that doesn't give you a reason to get out of bed every day, right. I don't know what will. Right. <laughs> 
Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, very timely spoken of, Fuller Seminary. (laughs) I know we talk about counseling and therapy around here a lot, but have you ever felt led to become a therapist yourself? Have you thought about pursuing a career centered on the healing and wholeness of individuals, couples, and families? At Fuller's Master of Science in Marriage and Family Therapy program, you can work alongside a supportive community of faculty and students who are committed to the formation of heart, soul, and and mind to further God's mission of redeeming the world. Fuller provides students with the clinical training to become skilled marriage and family therapists. Through their program, you will have the opportunity to engage in a broad range of therapeutic and spiritual formation practices, including exercises that simulate the counseling experience in real time. That's so cool. Licensed faculty members help equip students for their career and connect them with internships. Fuller students are not only widely recognized as the best trained in their field, but also have one of the highest pass rates for the state licensing exam. If you feel passionate about becoming an agent of healing and reconciliation in the world, go to fuller.edu slash that sounds fun to learn more about Fuller's MS in marriage and family therapy program. That's fuller.edu slash that sounds fun. And I have one more amazing partner to tell you about indeed. When you're ready to hire, you are probably already overloaded with too much work on your plate, and that's why you need to hire, right? And you don't need one more thing to add to your list. That's where Indeed comes in. Indeed helps make sure the hiring process doesn't become a second full-time job. Whenever we're hiring here at Downs Books, Inc. or at the That Sounds Fun Network, we hire using Indeed, and it truly never steers us wrong. They are the experts at helping us find the best fit for the roles we want to build our teams with. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. You can reclaim your time and find top talent fast with Indeed. Their suite of powerful hiring tools like assessments and virtual interviews allow you to find top talent fast. And get this, 81% of U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore. That's exactly where you want to be posting your job openings, you guys. That is fishing in a barrel. They can help you attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So you don't have to spend your valuable hours digging through multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. Instead, you can do it all and fast with Indeed. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is good for unlimited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now back to our conversation with Christine. One of my favorite things about you, Chris, is when you know things like that about the Bible, like Caleb was 85. I heard you teach a sermon about the two times Jesus was astonished. Tough muscle, amazing yes. faith. And then, and don't look back, you literally built an entire book on Remember Lot's Wife. Yeah, the second shortest verse on the Bible. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us about, I, I want people to get lit on fire about studying scripture to where okay. things like that stand out. Sure. Like the curiosity around scripture. Because yes. you have all that in your head. Like you had that whole Joshua Caleb story ready to encourage yourself and me yes. in this moment. How do we study like that? Yeah, I I think because I'm constantly studying. I'm constantly, I'm thinking if God has given us a book and of all ways he could have communicated to us and left us with something that is, we will be searching the unsearchable riches of Christ for all of eternity. Yeah. I can't imagine how that could ever get boring. So how the, the Bible, so I'm always looking for what I'm missing. 
And that would be before I even start. I'm wow. always so before I, I would write on the top of my look for what you're missing. Oh wow! Because we all see what we look for. We all, we, we're all looking, and a lot of the obvious, even with our Bible methods, is make sure here look for the verbs and look for the nouns. Yeah, and look yeah, at the, yeah. You know, we've yeah. all got our ways. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm looking for what I'm missing. I'm not looking. Yeah. So I'm like, and I ask the Holy Spirit, show me what I'm missing. Show yeah. me what I can't see. Show me. What is so? I'm not looking for a new doctrine at all. Right, if it's right, a new right. doctrine, it's heresy. So just so that you know, that that is not what I'm looking if for. If you come up with something no one That's else has ever it. seen, it's like slow down. Don't know. But I'm looking for what I've never seen. Yeah. And so I'm like, Lord, show me. So here I was reading Luke 17, which you know is it's like pretty deep, and I don't understand it. So anyone listening to this, I need you all to know I am not the person to listen to for like really smart stuff on the Bible because I'm just not that smart. Mm. So I'm reading Luke 17 and it's all about the end times, right? And I'm like, I don't even get this. And right. it's like Sodom and Gomorrah's Let the reader burning understand. and that's it. And Noah's like the flood and, you know, if there's two in a bed, one's going to go. And right, I'm like, I'm right. going, Jesus, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like this is intense and it sounds like scary. And there's yeah. like, and then I always feel okay about that because, you know, my entire theory when it comes to, and my entire theology for eschatology is just simply this. Jesus said, no one knows the day yeah. or the hour. Yeah. So I'm going to save any listener seven weeks going down rabbit trails <laughs> on Facebook right now, okay? I'm going to set you free and you could go and watch a good Netflix series. Right. You know, Go watch Ted Lasso or something. Like seriously, save yourself the hassle because Jesus said no one knows. Yeah. So when someone writes a book on it, don't buy it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep you right. safe here because right. nobody knows. The world is cray cray. So you live like it could happen tomorrow. Be prepared yeah. and plan like it's going to not happen for generations. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know about wow. the end times. Live and like I've, it's tomorrow, plan like it's not happened for generations. That's it. And I think you're that's free. Good. So if we yeah. do, every Christian should be living like that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so because you don't know the day or the hour we're going to meet the Lord. Right. So right. I go, okay, as I'm reading it all, the most random three little words at first, it's like, what a random thing. Like, Jesus, is this like a throwaway? Remember Lot's wife? Yeah. What really struck me was not just three words. Okay, I've been doing chicks ministry for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, I could be, I can't be your mother, but I could be your aunt. Yes. Or your best, okay, I could be your, well, it depends where from, but I could yeah. almost be your mother. But um, uh, so I've been doing chicks ministry for a lot of years. Yeah. And I have heard a lot of sermons, spoken a lot of sermons myself, you know, on so many women of the Bible. And we could, you know, you start talking about them all, you know, Esther and Deborah and, you know, Mary yeah. and like, we've got them all. And then I thought, this is so interesting because there's about 170 women that are in some way alluded uh, to in scripture, mm. but Jesus only ever tells us to remember one woman. Wow. You think about that. There's another yeah. woman. When he talks about the woman that pulled, poured the perfume, he said, yes. what she has done yeah, will, be will be remembered. Yes, yeah. But he only ever told us in four Gospels, remember Lot's wife. Wow. And I started to think about that and I'm like, wow, you've in the midst of the world burning down and look at the last seven yeah. years and particularly yeah. the last, you know, three, I'm like, okay, why would you tell us to remember one woman? And then, of course, I'm starting to think, Lord, why have I never remembered if every red letter of Jesus is important, yeah. there's not a lot of real estate given to his words. Yes. If every word is important and you've given three words and told us to remember her, why have I never heard a sermon on her? Yeah. Why have I never read a book on her? Why have I yeah. never read a – I go back then to Genesis 19 because you're like, what do I know about Lot's wife? And I thought like, how? Lot's wife? I mean, she doesn't even have a name. This is not cool yes. for 2023. Yes. Like, what's your name? Lot's wife. That's not going to cut it. So right. she, she doesn't even have a name. She, she appears on the pages of Scripture quickly enough – to disappear. She's gone. 
So you go to Genesis 19 and then that's deeply problematic. And I'm thinking of the world that we're living in yeah. and just um, so much brokenness and so much abuse and so much pain. And then you're reading that chapter and you're like, whoa, Lot and your daughters. And this was like really yeah. messy. And this is like, it, it just seemed to be fitting into this world that's crazy. Yeah. And so all we know, we know nothing about Lot's wife other than while everything was burning down because the Lord said, I'm done. And, you know, mostly when people think Sodom and Gomorrah, God's done, they think, firstly, you know, sexual immorality. And of course, yes. the sexual sin they think about mostly is whatever one they're not committing that day. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever, right. I'm whatever, like, yeah, okay, people, whatever, whatever yeah. everyone else is that I'm not struggling right. with today. That's but right. if you actually read Ezekiel 1649, yes. the sin of Sodom is actually that you're arrogant, haughty, and that you neglect the poor and the needy, yes. which is very sobering, and also sexual immorality. So yes. it's not, but all of those are equally yep. important. And I was you wrote about it and how blessed Sodom was. You wrote about it. It's that's, literally on my notes, how well, blessed Sodom was and, and, in a day. Totally. In a day. Burnt down because when you get haughty, when you forget what the blessing's for yeah. and you get arrogant with that, when right. you get prideful, when you get comfortable, comfortable right. ease, the scripture says. And when you have a church that is just full of comfortable ease, arrogance, we're awesome and no one else is, and you neglect the poor and the needy, oh, that matters to God mm -hmm. as much as sexual immorality. Right. And so, you know, we've tended to focus on just one part of the four that are yeah. mentioned in that. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, I think the reckoning of the last three years is God cares about the four parts of the four. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, we've had to have a wake up call to go, okay, it all matters to God. The is the reckoning global or is it in the first world or is it in America? I would think more in my experience, and I go to a lot of countries. Yeah, so, that's you know, what I'm we were like you. 23 last year. <laughs> definitely here, I would say in some aspects of the greater Western yeah. church, and it would be certain elements of the charismatic church, certain elements of the evangelical church. But there's a reckoning. There's, now, when I think about it, this actually you think there's not even a stream. I mean, if I start mentioning, it could be the Anabaptist movement has had a shakening, mm -hmm. the contemplative movement, the charismatic movement, the yeah. evangelical movement, the mega church the movement, Catholic movement, the yeah. Catholic movement, the Anglican movement. Yeah. Actually, so yeah, I take all that back Everybody. because yeah. um, there is not a stream that hasn't yeah. had an unearthing. And that doesn't happen by default. All of us need to have a healthy reverential fear of the Lord. I hope mm -hmm. it has put, all of us certainly has put me in an attitude of repentance on yes. my face and self-reflection. There's no room for arrogance for anyone, yeah. I don't think. And, and yeah. you know, all of us ought to take heed and not point a finger at anyone because the Lord's not playing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean that in the the best possible, healthy, hope-filled, yes. <laughs> sobering way, which it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So that's the right. bottom line. I mean, once you get out of it, it's like when your parent goes, this hurts me more than you, and you're like, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But you come out mm -hmm. the other side and go, oh, my gosh, God, you've purified us for our own good yeah. and for your glory and for the future of the church and for revival. I feel like I'm coming more out of that stage now oh, where it's like yeah. you go, I can see why it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, not yes. like your anger or your judgment, but it's right. your mercy and your compassion and your kindness. So even with all of this un unraveling, ultimately it's God's kindness, yes, ultimately. Yes. And so, and it will lead to yeah. God's glory and the good of the church. Mm. And it's hard to see when it's all falling apart and it's yeah. all burning around you. Yeah. But God has always brought beauty out of ruins and beauty out of ashes. It's what he does. But then um, Lot's wife looks back. Well, she looks back. That's the whole point. It's burning. He says, I'm done with it. I'm not doing it that way. Uh, yeah. You've done. And the only instruction she's given, and you know, a lot of us are like this right now. It's like the angel of the Lord's got her hand. He's leading her into the future, her children, her, her two daughters, her husband. And he's saying, okay, 
God's getting you out of this. The purpose of God's in the future, the promise of God, the provision of God, just don't look back. And the inference there is that when she looked back and it says, but Lot's wife looked back and that's what everyone knows about Lot's wife yeah. and became a pillar of salt. The, the inference there is that she, the, the looking back was like she was longing for mm. what was. And of course, you know, I don't begrudge her. You're looking back. Did she renovate the kitchen? I don't know. Like, what do you right, know? Like, what right. know? Like, she had friends there, her whole right. life there. Right. It's like a lot of us. But as I was traveling these last two years, everywhere I would go, people would be, I could say anything. How are you? How's church? How's your business? How's, yeah. it's like everyone is like, well, before the pandemic, <laughs> okay. And yeah. then, um, well, and I'm like, wow, it used to be that life was BCAD like before Christ, you know, after Anno Domini. Nowadays, it's like before pandemic, after pandemic. I'm yeah, like, y'all, this was COVID. not meant to split time. Like yes, this was like yes. Jesus split time. So if all the promises of God like are in Christ, Christ, yeah, think yeah. about it. Yeah. So you think if all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, yes and amen. And those promises haven't changed. Yeah. And not all of them have come to fruition yet because he hasn't come back yet. So there's yeah. still promises, purpose, provision. All that has been revealed is did we think all the promises of God were in a, a particular political system or sociological system or mm -hmm. environmental condition or economic condition? I mean, you know, insert whatever it might be. And because that's all changed and there's this, the tectonic <laughs> plates of the planet have shifted, yes. do we think the promises of God have shifted? No. Do we think the purpose of God has shifted? No. Therefore, why are we losing our minds? Yeah. And we are getting stuck in these moments, and it could be chaos, division, argument, offense, bitterness, yeah. unforgiveness, loss, sorrow, grief. And I mean, you know, we're recording this right here in Nashville. So you might opening chapters on mourning everyone. So I yes. want you to know there is like, a, this is not dismissing or diminishing or denying pain, suffering. If anyone has listened to me for any, you, you know, I do not skip over all of that. I am very committed to you know, what is revealed, God can heal, but it's, you know, you've got to bring it before yes. the Lord. There's times of mourning, there's times of healing, and people will pick up this book at different phases and it's for wherever you're at, you know, yeah. uh, but there are some people that are at a phase where this is really going to be crucial. And I really felt this as I was writing. I felt this was a prophetic word that if you, at this moment, it, it, we're in a reckoning moment that it's time to move on. It's time mm -hmm. to not stop looking back yes. or you're going to become calcified in a moment you were only meant to be passing through. And wow. so that's what happened to her. She got calcified, stuck yes. in a place she was only meant to be passing through. If you and I wow. are the salt of the earth, then if we get stuck in this present moment because we're focusing on the past, we become ineffective. We're rendered useless. Yeah. Calcified salt is yeah. useless. Whereas if we keep moving forward and the moving forward – I can't promise you that the world's all going to be happy clappy, right. but I can promise you Jesus is there yes. and he's beckoning us forward, which is why I wrote that last chapter on the tell us. It's not about yes. stuff. It's about <laughs> what so is good. the ultimate ending we're moving towards. So we press on. Yes. We keep moving forward, getting stuck in the loss of the last few years, the, the pain, the division, the chaos. Some of us not willing to deal with the pain that it takes to deal with where we're going to have to go with forgiveness mm -hmm. and restoration mm -hmm. and reconciliation for all of us after the last few years. There's some 
there's some deep breaths we've got to take and, yeah. and some work with the Holy Spirit. You know, of course, people with a background like mine, abuse, abandonment, adoption, there's a point where we have to decide that I'm going to make what Jesus did for me yes. bigger than what they did to me. Yes. And I mean, at that, because otherwise you're going to be stuck. We, I couldn't do the work I do with human, tra- you know, to help stop human trafficking or truly be able to look at a survivor in the eye and say, you can make it. Mm-hmm. If I thought that your history defined your destiny, mm-hmm. if I thought it ends and you will forever have to be a victim because of what happened to you. Yes. So how then, how much more, if you're in Christ, can I not encourage you to say the redemptive work of Christ? I'm not saying it's easy. Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't involve pain and heartache and Mm. a lot of trial and error and a lot Mm -hmm. of mistakes and failure and getting back up and falling down and getting back up. But I am saying, and I can testify at 57 years of age, having made mistakes, having failed, having also been abused and having had things done to me that were not of my own volition, that he is faithful and he does redeem and the blood of Jesus still can wash us clean and that there is still healing and wholeness and you might walk with a limp and you might have a scar and you will have a scar. I've got plenty of them, but they don't need to be gaping wounds that Mm. seep toxicity on people. They can become scars that truly breed life and hope. And if we're not careful in this moment, with the victim culture that we're cultivating in the broader uh, yeah. you know, society. And I've talked to lots of psychologists because of our work with A21, and I'm talking believers and unbelievers, like across the board, that so I'm using that term, which is a yes. term that they've given me, that the greatest danger of the victim culture is that we're disempowering and we're removing agency from our survivors to say, you uh, actually can make it. Right. <laughs> you actually can move forward, whatever your belief system may be, whatever, you know, you have more agent. Your your whole, your agency was taken from you for a period. Yes, you yes. were contained. And I mean, it's, it's horrible. But now helping people awaken to the agency they have. Now, let me put that in a spiritual context. How much more those of us that have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Yes. I'm not minimizing anything and any painful situation we may have come through. But I'm saying by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have more agency than we mm. think we have to get unstuck and start moving forward. And I hope I wrote something compelling enough to make people want to go, you know what, it's time to move on. And then giving them keys to say, here is how you can move forward. Because I think people are languishing everywhere I go. They just mm-hmm. don't know how and they're languishing. They, they just haven't got a mojo to get going yeah. again. I don't know if you're seeing yeah. that. Yes. That yeah. That hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Kitsch. I know you guys love talking about some good hair products, and they say that hair care is the new skincare. But there is one brand that has taken it to the next level. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. You guys, this weekend I tried out their heatless curlers, and y'all, what is this magic? Truly, I was so impressed. I just wrapped my hair around the curler before going to bed, and when I woke up, I had these really cute curls that stayed curled. You know, that matters. I never had to break out a curling iron, and the heatless curlers were really comfortable to sleep in. These are the original, the OG, and the best heatless curlers. Don't settle for the knockoffs when you can get the ones that started the craze. I'm telling you, so many of you talked about my hair at the soccer match last weekend on Instagram, and that was 
Kitsch Curls. Listen, it was Kitsch Curls. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch has something for you. They are all self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Who run the world? Girls, let's go. Kitsch's bestsellers include their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks, satin that's vegan and cruelty-free, and they are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. Kitsch also has rice water shampoo bars that could help with overall hair growth and density and rosemary scalp oil that'll help support scalp health and hair strength from root to tip and so much more. Yes, please. Right now, Kitsch is offering my friends 30% off your entire order. Just go to mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun. That's right. 30% off of anything and everything. And listen, you need the heatless curler thing. I'm telling you, it is so cool. It's at mykitsch. That's M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash that sounds fun. One more time. That's mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun for 30% off your order. And listen, when you curl your hair, Tag me. I want to see it. It is going to be so cute. And one last amazing partner I want to share with y'all, Athletic Greens. It's definitely that time of year when some of our healthy rhythms start going out the window because schedules are so crazy and summer is coming. But AG1 by Athletic Greens is such a simple way to incorporate a nutritional foundation to your day. It's hard to keep track of all the vitamins and supplements we need to take, right? So when it comes to things that will help us prioritize our health, what if it's as easy as adding a scoop of AG powder to cold water instead of taking multiple different products? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality. They give us major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Here's what I love too. AG1 is delivered like clockwork every month, so it's super easy to make it a daily habit. You don't have to set a reminder to order or stress out when you rise. You only have one scoop left. Plus, the single serving travel packs can be thrown in your purse or carry on while you're on the go. It is the health healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. With AG1, being good friends to our bodies each day is really that simple. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Just check it out. And now back to finish up our conversation with Chris. I am seeing it seem like people lean on what happened to them versus what they could do. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it used to feel like, okay, there was a thing that happened. Yes. And here, I mean, you tell a story in the book. This, I, th- I think I told you this when I finished reading it. I think this is the most vulnerable book you've ever written. There's no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, when you talk mm-hmm. about your calling your birth mom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever told that story? Never. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's amazing that you pick that one. Because you're, you're like right at my start of having these conversations. I, I, don't, I don't think I may have told that story to maybe 10 people privately, let alone never publicly shared. Yeah. So that story mm-hmm. for people to say, well, Chris can get out of her pain, but I can't get out of mine. I mean, that story could have calcified you. Uh, no doubt. And left you as a victim forever versus, really uh, versus someone who's been wounded that. Well, Why did you decide to tell it? Because I felt I have to help people see that um, that Jesus can bring you away for it. Now, a lot of things, because people have heard the story, you know, obviously of my adoption and my abandonment yes. and, and abuse, and that helps so, so many people. Yes. But I think the story with my biological mother, and then, you know, in, in that I tell about hearing her voice and the rejection yeah. in that yes. moment. It's unbelievable. I'm so sorry. Everybody has encountered 
rejection of sorts. And I think a lot of the pain and the divisiveness and so many things that I've seen online in the last few years, I'm like, I need you to know, I I get the intensity of the agony that some of you are feeling. I'm not minimizing that, but I do want you to see that there is redemption beyond that. That doesn't have to define. Can you imagine, Annie, if I allowed those words from my biological mother to take root in my heart. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here today. I wouldn't be holding this. There wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be happening. I I imagine Catherine and Sophia would be paying the price of that Mm. in a different, just in a broken mother. And Nick, Nick would be paying for something he never did to me. You know, like it's it's just like, so it evolves so much, let alone the ministry that's been built out of that. So I think I felt that the Lord tell me, you know, I felt a sense of leading from the Lord that tell this story now. And I think I'm going to be surprised by how many, how many people contact me with how that story, yes, God used it to help set them free of an area that they were stuck in their life yes. that they just couldn't get free from. Because sometimes just hearing, wow, because I, because I, I mean, it's a big deal to hear <laughs> your biological mother not want to have anything to do with you. That's, yeah. it's quite a yeah. sobering thing. Yes. The day you sat down and were typing that, were you like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, absolutely bawling. And, you know, I work with a, a collaborative writer, so I, I send all my first draft and, you yeah. know, then she helps me uh, put all this together. Like she's bawling and yes. I'm bawling and you were yes. like, oh, my word. Um, and I really had to think, I can't even tell you, then I went to my editor, do I really want to say this? Yes. Do I really want to, you know, because I don't I don't want to throw shade either. And I don't think I do. I don't no. mean that. Yeah. It's like. She but, sounds afraid. Yes. that that's and, I, and, and that's what I wanted to draw in all of that. And it's really hard. You know, my daughter called me from London. She's been at study abroad and, and she's now really wanting to dig into my past more. She's starting oh, to ask wow. questions, which, you know, it's like, she hasn't read that chapter yet. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. This is now yeah. going to have start some conversations. But I had sobbed. But and it's many years later now that I'm writing that. Yes. So it certainly was um it took me a long time because I kept I can't tell you how many times I deleted it. Oh, going, there's gotta sure. be another you're like, yeah, okay, because I'm yeah. like, there's another story. Then I'm standing it to Elizabeth going, uh, do I really want to you know, you can imagine, like, like, do we write and then like she's bawling and going, I can't, I'm not gonna improve this. I'm yeah. gonna, you know, it was just yeah. it was one of those. Yes. Yeah. I think people listening need to hear even that portion of it because so many people want to publish their book and put it on Amazon and get everybody to read it, but they never had an editor. Oh, no. <laughs> and and yes. you and I both tell stories raw in draft one, and many of them stay, but not all of them. No, yeah. And they're... it's so important to have someone else bring their wisdom. Because by the time we read the story from you, all of us know it has gone through a gauntlet to be found correct, oh, the yeah. right time, the right story, the a- right And the chapter. right way and that it's not yes. coming out of a place of woundedness yes. but out of a place of wisdom yeah. with the intention of how will this help the reader. And, um, you know, I I just am so conscious, which is why I work so closely with a collaborative writer because I'm like, y'all, I need an, another, another yes. layer of a check yes. and a balance, yes. another layer. And then even my editor will come through and go, okay, let's double check this. Um, because I'm just so, uh, you know, I, I realize how many people are going to read this and I want it to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And you, for anything, especially when you, you have a ministry bent, you want it to minister, you want it to do good to people. Yeah. Um, if I just want to sort of say something, I could just like, put on my Instagram and just right, kind of right, say right, something, right. you know, like that's fine. 
But also, this is not just about me. This is about another human being. This is my biological mum and my daughters are going to read this and my, you know, and I, and, and I know that people are going to read that chapter that have been adopted and people are, yes. and as I get more in signing lines, I can't tell you the amount of mothers that I get that tell me I gave my child up for adoption. Mm-hmm. No one knows. Yes. I can't, I can't tell you how many, I can't tell you. I bet they'll reach out to you too. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking because of this. I get, this so this is how I understand the psyche of my biological mother more because I don't know her from the letters I get from mm-hmm. mothers that have given their children up yes. and people don't know. It has, it, even if you see it in my writing in the last 10 years, I write intentionally with way more compassion, yeah. even about my biological mum, because I've read hundreds of letters yeah. from women who gave up their children, and it has changed the whole way that I've seen how yes. my mum gave me up. Yes. So often when we hear the stories of adopted children finding their biological parent, it's this beautiful, and then we met, and my sister and I have the same eyes, and she told me she'd always wished that we had, and that is not the story no. that you no. have. No. So. Thank you for sharing it. I yeah. think it'll I, it it moved me a lot. Wow. So I'm really grateful. Last question about don't look back. Why did she turn into a pile of salt? You know that is the best question forever. I even tried to talk to my Israel guide. Yeah, you know, and it's like they they gave me a big nice theological reason. Here's the Christine reason it has nothing to do with anything uh-huh. except because I'm such an evangelist. I'm like for me the picture it forms in my head. That's yeah. why I'm not saying this is anything theological, but. I see it that Jesus in the New Testament is calls us the salt of the earth. Yes. And for me, this is a picture of what happens if you get calcified and you stop salting the earth. Don't mm. get stuck in that moment. Yeah. So you can keep salting in yeah. the future. I'm sure that's not theological, but that's just a metaphor <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in my brain of why um yeah. of why we can't afford to get stuck. You just think the calcification. If your heart gets stuck and get calcified, yeah. if you're anything any, in any yeah. area of life. So, so, you know, it works. The metaphor works for me. Yeah. I think there are so many times we read stories like that. I mean, this is what you've done and don't look back. I, It, it was so – I, I mean, I told you, I text you. It's just beautiful, beautiful book about Elijah. I mean, there's so much we could go into. But, but to me, even thinking through, would I have made a different decision than Lot's wife? I don't know if we would have. That's I don't what's know. scary. I know. Well, I know. So, like, that, but we have her as oh, Jesus. She did was look back. She but I believe back. that's why Jesus is saying, "Remember," yeah, because it's that easy to do. It's and I feel like we're in do. this moment that it's that easy. I don't have no judgment on her because yeah, me I think, but for the grace of God, all of us would look back. That's yes. actually what I think. Yes. So he's like, out of 170 chicks in the Bible, I'm going to tell you to remember her. Remember Not one. out of it. And sometimes, you know, you can have a little arrogant bent. I'm like, man, don't have, don't cut throw shade here. Mm-hmm. Jesus is warning us that this is going to happen to all of us. Yes. If we don't consciously choose yes. to keep, fix our eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward. We did a fast last year at church. We do one a year. And at the end, I was speaking to someone on staff and I said, man, the Lord really convicted me at the end of the fast because I was asking God to do renew on all this work and at our church. And at the end, I felt the Lord said, you don't want me to do something new. You want 2018 again. Oh, wow. And I was like, you're exactly right. Yes. Everything when I envisioned, because I'm, I'm such a picture person, when I was envisioning when I was praying, I was actually asking you to rewind. And, he, and the Lord was like, what you are coming out of that fast, That's what you need to know is go forward, don't go back. And that's been the closest I've felt to a pile of salt of like, oh, I just, this probably isn't true. I just wasted a whole fast. I didn't, the Lord used it, but the fast ended up being about 
my desire for things to be as they were, not as they're going to be. Well, totally. And, the, and it wasn't a waste. It was actually perfect because God revealed to you what was really in your heart, right. which couldn't go and you couldn't move forward until then. Right. It, it changed everything. Oh, I love you, Chris Kane. Oh, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for holding my ordination you, certificate Reverend the whole Annie time. Tells, I'm, I'm holding this because I'm waiting to take a picture. I know. This we're going like, to. Um, okay. You know the last question. You've yes. done this four times. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Christine Kane. what sounds fun to you right now? You know, going to Greece with uh, a few friends. You want to? <laughs> oh, come on. Sometime that sounds this fun. Summer, oh, I can't wait. I got a dress in the mail this weekend that I bought specifically to bring to Greece. Are you serious? It's blue and white. It's flowing. You are Greek. Yes. I cannot wait. I'm not wearing it until You're we get going to, Greece. to be the Greek flag. It's going to be so fun. Thank you for inviting me to go oh, with oh, you This is going to be powerful. Yeah. Get I, ready. Your life may. I'm ready. Okay. Katie, your Katie said, can we change the dates? We want to do one more thing. And I was like, yeah. I mean, all, me and our couple of other friends that were on the same email. You cannot like, come to Greece yeah. and not come to the Acropolis and see yes. the Parthenon. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. So we're, thank you for inviting me. I, I cannot you. wait. I love you. And for people to get this book this week is just, it is such a gift. It is, you write incredible books, but this one, this one is for today. I love so, you. Thank, thank you, you thank for having you. me. Oh, friends, don't you love her? She's just amazing. Oh, what a special conversation. This is one that I will truly, absolutely never forget. Make sure you grab a copy of Don't Look Back. I mean, a whole book around one sentence in the Bible. It's so good, y'all. It is so good. Please, please read it. Follow Chris on Instagram. Thank her for being on the show. Tell her how much her book matters to you. And guys, do you have your tickets to the Here For You Tour? The countdown is legit on. Like, I'm starting to pack. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm starting to pack. We kick things off on June 7th in South Dakota. I cannot wait to get on that bus, head up to Sodak, and work our way back down. This road trip, you guys, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a blast, and we've still got a seat for you. So grab your tickets at hereforyoutour.com. Okay, we heard what sounds fun to Chris, and you know what sounds fun to me. Sodak, we are coming for you. And now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Okay, May Elizabeth, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hey, I'm May Elizabeth, and I'm from Upland, Indiana. And what sounds fun to me is being a part of a Broadway musical. Uh, I, I cannot believe you're saying this because do you know in Wicked that Glenda says she's from the Upper Uplands? Oh, I did not Upland, know that. Indiana. Yeah, she's Glenda. <laughs> of the upper uplift. Perfect. Um, what go. show do you want to be in? I mean, Wicked would be amazing, okay. but I mean, I, I'll take I'll take anything that's got good dance numbers and all that stuff. So, so. do you do theater now? I don't now. I did when I was in high school and uh, middle school, but I do not anymore. But what, I, What's your favorite so show you've ever done? Um, let's see. I did, well, Beauty and the Beast was a classic. Of did course. that junior year, yes. and then Avita is actually a really fun show. Interesting. We did that okay. Okay. Yeah. So, dear Broadway people, if you're listening, May Elizabeth is putting in her her job application. Yes, I would love to. Okay. I mean, you're from the Upper Uplands. You have to. I gotta be in Wicked. Yes. You were born to be in Wicked. That's what I need to tell you. All right, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on a bus in June. All the places you need me, that is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounded fun to me was telling you about being ordained at Cross Point Church. So that is going to trump everything else today. I'm really grateful for the pastors, the leadership at Crosspoint, and our elders, and the whole two-year process. I'm really, really thankful and really honored. 
So y'all have a great weekend. And guess what? We'll see you back here on Sunday. (gasps) Happy Mother's Day. We're going to do a special bonus conversation on Mother's Day because y'all loved Dr. Nijay Gupta. We got a whole conversation on Sunday about Mary, the mother of Jesus. So whether you're mothering the kids you raised or adopted or foster, whether you are mothering the kids in your community or mothering your friends, mothering yourself, we got a great mothering conversation for you on Sunday. So we'll see you back here on Mother's Day. Yeah.